Welcome to Unwrapping the Gift of Grief, a podcast that invites you to embark on a powerful journey of healing and resilience. I'm Crystal, your host, a grief coach and author, joined by my compassionate co-host, Evangelist Tasha. We're here to guide you through the transformative landscape of grief, where authentic narratives and profound insights will inspire you to find strength and wisdom within life's most profound challenges. Get ready to unwrap the invaluable treasures hidden within as we journey together towards understanding and healing. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Unwrapping the Gift of Grief tonight. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us. Hopefully you'll be able to share us to your pages. We're on. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. So can you please share us? I'm going to bring my guest in tonight. Uh, my co-host Tasha is taking the night off to reset. So I have my good friend, Jason Madison. I'm going to bring him right on in so we can kick this thing off for tonight. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, Crystal? Hey, 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 J-Man. How are you? I'm good. Did you prepare your people for me? I did not. Okay, well, y'all buckle your seatbelts. Buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> These people don't even know what they're in for tonight. Look, I even put on my good glasses tonight just so I can see. <laughs> I you put are on a my mess. good ones. You are a mess already. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. You are a mess already. So before we kick things off and kind of say who you are and what you do, let's start off with a good icebreaker tonight. Oh, and, but see, you didn't uh, wait, 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 ma'am, ma'am. I'm a, <laughs> why, why you didn't tell me we we're gonna do an icebreaker tonight? Let's go, let's do the icebreaker. Mm. Mm, let's do the icebreaker. Okay, so you're gonna answer it, and I'm gonna answer it as well. Okay, the icebreaker is if you could hang out with any cartoon character, who would you choose and why? Okay. Do I have to choose a cartoon character or an animated character? Uh, you could choose either or. So my I growing up, I was now if I had to choose a cartoon character, it would be Bugs Bunny. However, <laughs> if I was to choose an actual like animated character, you remember the show Alf back in the day? Yeah. I would hang out with Alf. That was my dude. Alf was my dude. Like, we can get in trouble and just hang out. That's why I would hang out with him. Did, she, did Crystal leave us? Crystal, are you there? Okay, this is my show. If I had a chance to hang out with anybody, number one, it would be Bugs Bunny. Because Bugs Bunny always 
stayed in trouble. Not that he meant to get in trouble. He was just enjoying life. He was just, Bugs Bunny was just enjoying life. That's the same with Alf. That's why I love Alf so much because Alf, hey, you can go home if you, you can go take a nap now. I got the show. You go, go on, <laughs> take a nap. I got the show. I got the Child. show. Don't even worry about it. I, I got your audience. So Child, Bugs I had Bunny, to turn this phone on, on Do Not Disturb. I'm sorry. Right. Go ahead. Right. So Bugs Bunny is, will be the person that I hang out with. I would love to hang out with because Bugs Bunny got in trouble, not because he wanted to get in trouble. Bugs Bunny was just enjoying life. Mm. And that's the same with Alf. Alf is, was the same way. Alf came from a different world. He landed here on Earth, found a good family, and Alf was like, I don't see what the problem is. Why won't y'all just enjoy <laughs> life? And so that's me. I would just hang out with those two because they seem like they just simply wanted to enjoy life. Now your turn. Um, if I had to choose a cartoon character, it would be Betty and Wilma. Really? They ain't do nothing but shop and, and yeah. eat and chill. I ain't never seen them go to work. They, they ain't been to nobody's job. They ain't clocked in nobody's nowhere. Nobody's job. Nowhere. They ain't clocked in nowhere. But they always, but they always had bags. They always carrying bags. And, and, and they were sharp. I'm with you when you're right. had on them little mini dresses on. I'm with you when you're right. That's me. That's me. Let's come on. Let's come on and go get some wine. And let's go do a little shopping and spend a little bit of time. That part. That's where we at. That's what we had. So that's those are my characters that my cartoon characters that I would hang out with. I I love it. I love it. <laughs> so when we don't we don't wrapped up our icebreakers. So again, like I told you all, this is Jason Madison, my good friend from Georgia. So what I'm going to do is because Jason is a jack of all trades, <laughs> I'm gonna let him introduce himself. So, Jason, tell us about yourself and what you do. All right. Uh, my name is Jason Madison. Everybody calls me J-Mad. J for Jason, Mad for Madison. J-Mad. Everybody call me J-Mad. Um, I, I do some of everything. I have 35 years, 30, well, actually it's over 35, so 35 plus years in ministry. I've done that. I'm over that. Um, okay. First of all, don't shake your head like that, man. Um, so my original, I do podcasting. I have about four or five different podcasts that I do. Um, one of them is called, well, the, the umbrella falls under Life After the Collar. Life After the Collar is a podcast dedicated to taking um, spirituality and rea reality and bridging the two. Because um, I think we go too far on the spiritual side and too far on the reality side. But I think that there has to be a balance on what we do in life in order to enjoy life. And so that's life mm. after the collar. I am also an actor. If you all have you probably if I've been in one of your cities, uh, um, I am a professional actor. I just came off tour with a stage play 
called Daddy's Home, hmm. but my what husband ain't. Well, now, all right, Daddy. <laughs> um, had some great, great. We had great actors. Um, Devonte Black, which is a Grammy Grammy Award nominee um, person. Um, um, Dave um, Tolliver from Men in Black. I mean, not Men in Black, from uh, Men at Large. He played my dad in the play. So we had some great cast of, uh, of, of actors in that. Mama Ellis um, was in there. So uh, Bridget Epps, that's her name. Her original name is Bridget Epps. She's a, uh, uh, a pageant winner and actress. And so we had a bunch of different things. I have another play that's on the horizon called Hosanna. That one is, that's for grown people there. You got to come see Hosanna. Okay. Um, and so I, I'm also, I'm here actually in, in one of my offices here at a lounge, a sugar lounge. So I'm, a, I'm just going to let everybody know my business. Well, come on I, then. I actually manage a sugar lounge here in Atlanta. Um, I manage the retail side and I, um, um, assistant manager over here on the lounge side. And tonight is actually my night. I host an event. I told them y'all going to have to chill out for a minute. Let me go take <laughs> care of my girl. Because Crystal right. is my girl. Uh, everybody else come second. As they should. Don't do that. And so <laughs> that's just some of the things. I'm retired military. I retired military. I'm retired Navy, but I was in the Marine Corps. And the Navy, so that's what I do. I have a, a umbrella full of stuff that I do. Is that enough? Okay, that's 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 enough. That's enough. You introduce yourself like you was on the Breakfast Club or on CNN. I appreciate it. Thank you for respecting me. They pay me good when I do that. And my platform. All right, I'll send you a communion shot. Ah. <laughs> Let's ride with this thing. Let's roll with this okay, thing. Let's roll. Okay, so we're going to start it off with where does your grief journey begin? Well, I don't know how you all define grief on your show. How did you, let me ask that question first. How did you all define grief? So for me, defining grief is anything that was lost that was. And that was loved. So it could be health. Um, it could be your job. It could be a friendship. It could be a relationship. It could be a loved one. I mean, grief for me, the umbrella is wide. Gotcha. And I appreciate that because that's where I wanted to go with it. Because I, I found that a lot of people, when they say um, grief, they often talk about a a physical death of a loved one. Mm -hmm. Normally, mm -hmm. um, even in church ministry, grief ministry has always been geared towards losing a person in your life. But in reality, grief is le losing something that you fell in love with. Yes, and sir. so my grief um, really started if I, if I, because Grief can lead you to down so many different avenues. So my original grief was 
um, losing, um, being taken away from my grandparents. I was in a, I was um, in foster care, but my grandparents was my um, my my foster family. But then okay. they came and took us away from them. And when they did that, it it destroyed something in me. But it landed me down a steep um, rabbit hole. It took me down a rabbit Ooh. hole of abandonment. Yeah, that part right there. Um, because sometimes when you lose something, what I found in life is not that they physically left you in the natural. It's that their presence was taken away from you for whatever reason. And because I was young and I did not understand, my grief turned into abandonment. And that mm. spiraled, that spiraled in my life because it led to when I lost, uh, I lost my first real girlfriend. When my, when my mother kicked me out of the house, I was, I was 18 years old, 17 years old. I'm getting ready to turn 18 and my mom kicked me out of the house for whatever reason. I wasn't, don't think that I was out here acting a monkey. My mom just nope. put restriction on me that as a, as a, as a boy that was turning into a man, you know, coming in the house at 18 years old at eight o'clock in the afternoon wasn't working for me, hmm. but that was mama's house. And so when she kicked me out, now my brothers and sisters, they had their own personality and they left or got kicked out for real serious reasons. But when mom kicked me out, I was like, wait a minute, I, I didn't do anything wrong. And so it it started adding to my it started adding to my grief because I left. I lost my area of stability. Because. Grieving can also be losing your stability in life. So grief can come come from every everywhere. However, if yeah. if I was to pinpoint the area, it was it began when the issue that led me into an orphanage, which was when they took me out of my grandparents' house and they sent me to me and my brothers and sisters to an orphanage. And so I'm sitting in this orphanage grieving. Mm -hmm. So that's where my grief started. Okay. Now, with a loss of a person, what is who is that significant person that you've lost when when it's attached to grief? So if I was to choose the person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said I wasn't going to do this. So I have I have my great aunt, my great aunt her name was uh Catherine. Aunt Catherine. Aunt Catherine when when we grew up with around my grandparents and my my aunt Catherine my she was actually my great aunt. I was her child. 
She didn't have children. So as far as she was concerned, I was her child. It's like I would sit on her lap and she would feed me ice cream till I'd be like, I can't, I can't eat anymore. That type of love. She loved me so much. And so life goes on and uh, life goes on. Um, I go off. I go off to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and I, I meet up with her. Well, before I leave, I go say hey to everybody or bye to everybody. And um, all is well. So by the time I get back now, Aunt Catherine is in a hospital, in the hospice, really. And she has dementia. And everybody goes, my cousins, we all go and they check on her. And I went one day. I went one day to see Aunt Catherine by myself. And I walked into the nursing home, uh, the hospice area thing that she was in. And I said, I'm here to see Catherine. And they was like, um, who's, who's coming to see? I said, this is Jason. Uh, she knows me as Jay. And all of the nurses stopped. They was like, you're Jay? And I'm looking like, yeah, I'm Jay. And they get on like the, the intercom thing and start calling the other nurses to the station. And they're mm -hmm. like, this is Jay, this is Jay, this is Catherine's Jay. So I go and I go into, they walk me to Aunt Catherine's and soon as she saw me, she came back to reality. Oh my. That's the connection I had with Aunt Catherine. Um, some, one, of, one of my, my eldest uh, patriarchs of the family had passed and, and so all of the cousins, we said, we're going to see Aunt Catherine. She didn't remember anyone. And um, I, I didn't like seeing Aunt Catherine in this state, so I would stand in the back. And she, everybody was like, do you know who I am? Do you know? They, they were like, no, no. And I said, y'all move out the way. And so they moved out the way. And I said, Aunt Catherine. Aunt Catherine looked up. And she said, Jay, my Jay. And so all of my cousins is like, what the heck is going on? So mm. this is where my grief. This is if there was a person. This is where my grief started. Okay. So you you you're talking about your auntie Kathy. What feelings come up when you talk about her? Because I see you had to pause a few times. December the fourth, which is my birthday. My church at the time. I had a church in in um in Jacksonville, Florida. And my church threw me a birthday party. My family, all of my family had came down and was singing happy birthday to me. But then all of the phones of my cousins and my dad, phones started going off. And it, it was, uh, my, there was calling to say, and Catherine had just died. No one knew how to tell me. Nobody knew how to tell me that Aunt Catherine had passed. But my dad, my dad at the time stood up and he said, 
Jason, you know how much uh, Catherine loves you. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he said to me, he said, and Catherine wanted to be here, but she found a way to get here. Mm, that's heavy. That's real heavy. That's heavy, Jay. That's real heavy. And he said, your Aunt Catherine passed just so she can, her spirit can be here with you. So if I had to share a story, it would be that story. Okay. Now, I, I can kind of recall um, you mentioned on your birthday, that's when Aunt Catherine passed. Um, I talk about my best friend who we normally on my birthday because she didn't live in the same state she would definitely make sure that she calls me every birthday and we'll have this running joke about my great-grandmother always wanting cake for my birthday my great-grandmother was probably about 85 years old and i lived on the third floor my great-grandmother would come upstairs and say did you cut the cake yet? Did you cut the cake yet? And I would be like, no. So <laughs> me and my me and my best friend, we would laugh about that all the time. But last year on my birthday was the last day that I had talked to her. And she passed maybe three or four days later. And it's like, because I'm creeping up on my birthday again, that day will never be the same. Yeah. That yeah. day would never be the same for me. And it brings because of the so memories attached feelings. to it. Because of the memories attached to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So because you share your born date and death date with your Aunt Catherine, I can, I, I understand. I get that. I get that. And, and the feelings are kind of unexplainable. But it's a precious I've memory. Learned. I've learned um, through the years, you know, I think that let me let me do churchy stuff right now. Okay. I think that as from 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 a church point of view, we minimize afterlife. Hmm. Here's what I mean by that: is that um. We say, oh, she's in heaven. He's in heaven. That's what we say. Because that's the churchy thing to say. But I've, over the last few years, I've, I've been teaching people that that is the untruth. Okay, because talk about it. When we when we really dive into um, the Bible, if we really pay attention to what the Bible says, that they're resting because they're not going to this particular heaven that we study because he says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And then we talk about the only way you can get into heaven is when the seal is broken. The seal has yet to be broken. Come on, teach. And the, the book of life has not been opened to say your name is in the book of life. So now the question becomes, church people, where are we now? 
because he said when when Christ arrived, the first people that's going to wake up are those that's already passed and gone. So if they if they if they can't wake up and be with him and already be in heaven. And I, I, I know I know people didn't put mm. two and two together. Mm. So where well. are they? Where are they? And here's what here's and I'm gonna share a story if you if you allow me this time. I'm gonna share a story with you all about when when our ancestors our ancestors are still here. They're still here. Their spirit is still here. Let me share a story with you. About Aunt Catherine. Um, this is probably about a year after Aunt Catherine dies. And I haven't been back to Macon where my Aunt Catherine lived. And my dad said, hey, Jason, you need to come. I'm getting ready to sell Aunt Catherine's house. I need you to come. And, and get what you want out of Aunt Catherine's house. I get to Aunt Catherine, and before I get there, my dad warns me, your cousin's already been to the house. They've been to the house, and the house is a wreck right now. Because my cousins knew how much money my Aunt Catherine and my Uncle Vincent had, and they was looking for the money. Mm. I walk into the house. The front room is turned upside down. I go to the bedroom. The bedroom is turned upside down. And so I now I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm cussing my cousins out in my head and I'm trying to straighten everything out. And I hear this, Crystal. Jason, stop. I hear this in my head. Jason, stop. And I, I, in, in the middle of everything, I stop and I hear, go to the family room. I stop doing what I'm doing and I go to the family room, Crystal. When I go to the family room, the, the room is turned upside down again. So now I'm really frustrated and I'm grabbing everything and I'm throwing it, I'm flipping the couch back over, pushing it against the wall, the chair, pushing, picking up stuff. And I hear Jason, stop. Just as calm as just Jason, stop. And I stopped in the middle of the room. And they said, grab that bag. And it was a trash bag. It was a trash bag. And in my mind, no, in my, with my voice, I say, these Negroes done left trash everywhere. Jason, stop. I go to the trash bag and I grab the trash bag and I look into the trash bag. It's full of money. Hmm. It's full of money. I grab the trash bag and I just, I, I'm like, and I hear, go to the bookshelf. I'm just like I'm saying, just audible, like I, I'm talking to you. Go to the bookshelf. I go to the bookshelf and when I go to the bookshelf, it's these big um, cups, jars, cups, things full of coins. When I finally fast forward a little bit, when I find it, it was almost a thousand dollars worth of coins. 
Now, what? let me tell you the story. Let me preface the story. I had just gotten a divorce. I left my wife with everything. I said, I don't even want nothing in this house. You can have it. I'm done with this. You can have it. I left and I said, everything I can fit in my car, that's what I'm cool with. I've lost military awards, 20 years of military awards gone. Pictures of my kids when they were small, my older kids gone. All kinds of 20 years, 25 years worth of stuff gone. Whatever I fit, could fit in my car, that's what I left with. Watch this. I get to back to Atlanta. I get me an apartment. I was just happy with having an apartment. Mm -hmm. I was sleeping on the floor. And I said, I always talk to Aunt Catherine. I said, Aunt Catherine, what are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. My dad called me and said, Jason, come get what you need out of Aunt Catherine's house. My Aunt Catherine, I had a three-bedroom apartment. No, a two-bedroom apartment. Nothing in it. Not even a fork. Not even a fork. The money that I found two days later furnished my entire house. My God. It was for you. So when we think see, what, what, I, what I want people to understand on your show is this. We think that when they pass physically that they have left us. They haven't. You Of you still have access to the spiritual beings of who you once knew. They, they're not gone. You may not be able to touch them, but if you learn to just settle down. Settle down. And everything that, that you loved about them is still here. Everything that you loved about them, their voice, their wisdom, their knowledge, their expertise, their comforting spirit, they're still here. And that's how we, when we learn to stop being so spiritual deep that, oh, they're going on to heaven. No, they're not going to heaven yet because the, 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 the book has, the seal hasn't been broken. The spirit is still here. I know I went too deep on it for you. I'm sorry. No, you didn't go, you didn't go too deep. You didn't go too deep at all. And that kind of reminds me of the post that I shared this morning about how I went through some things that my mother had at hospital. And it was actually her purse. So this purse has been in my closet for maybe five years this year. And for some reason, I went through the purse. I've been through this purse several times. But I, I went through this purse yesterday for whatever reason. And I found one of her journals. I didn't read it last night. I just set it on the nightstand by my bed. But oh, when I got up this morning, the words that was on that paper, on, and the, the book was stuck on this one page. My mind has been racing for the last few days. Um, I've been asking God, God, do something. I need you to fix something for me. 
And when I looked down this morning at that journal and I saw it said, guard my mind. Be still. See the salvation. I was like, my God. She is here. She knew that I needed this on today. So yes, they are still here with us. Mm-hmm. I, I am I am definitely a believer of that. I am definitely a believer of that. So thank God for Aunt Catherine. <laughs> and thank Lynette. God for Mama. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank God for Mama. Absolutely, because I needed that. I needed that because I was this morning for some reason, and I wasn't going to even look at the book. I just for something to say, pick it up. And I picked it up. And those was the words that I needed. And it, it comes at the right time. It comes at the right time. It comes Absolutely. at the right time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we're, we're talking about dealing with grief, uh, what feelings come up. Um, I'm going to ask you this. And I know you say you, you stepped away from pastoring. But do you think people expected you to grieve differently because you're you are a man of a cloth? I I I'd say this. The answer to that question is yes. Because mm. people are used to us doing uh funerals and encouraging people in funerals. So when we when we do funerals and we have to encourage the family, be strong, be strong. God is with you until that thing knocks on your door. Mm. Mm-hmm. Talk about when it. it when it knocks on your door, it's a different animal. I had the privilege. I had the privilege to attending James Morton. My pastor, you know, my pastor, Bishop Paul Morton, um, James Morton funeral, which is a, he was an amazing guy. But I, I, I love the fact that the people around Bishop Paul Morton said, just be you. Don't be Bishop right now. Mm. This is, this was your brother, your mentor, like the closest person to you. Besides your wife, this was the closest person to you. We don't need you to be bishop right now. And a lot of times people don't understand or people say, oh, no, he got it or she got it. You know, they they no, this thing hits different. It hits when it knocks on your door. It hits different. Um, different. Um, a, a radio personality here in Atlanta just lost his son. He was going to Morehouse. I just hosted here at, at the lounge. I just hosted um, the new head football court uh, coach of uh, Morehouse. Um, Hugh Douglas is his name. Hugh Douglas, he's a radio, well, was a ro- radio personality here in Atlanta, but he just moved and did another, he's doing another radio pro- uh, program, but his son was going to Morehouse. And he just lost his son. That mm-hmm. grief that he's going through is different than anything I've ever been through or desire. And here's the thing, here's the thing about grief, Crystal. 
it's not universal. It's not cookie cut. No. no. As a, I, I, I don't want to imagine losing a child. I have three, three sons. I don't want to imagine that, that type of grief. I've been in the military and I've lost friends in the military. I know what that grief sounds feels like. I've lost a parent. I know what that grief feels like. But the, the, I think the, the, the problem with a lot of people when it comes to grief, we think that it fits in this box. No. And it doesn't. don't. It, it don't. Because the way I feel, it, 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 my, my father died a couple, few years back. The way I feel about my father and grieved over my father is 100% different than how my brother grieved over my father. He had a different relationship with me. It's relational. He had a totally different relationship than I had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So grief is not this box. It's, it, it expands in so many different directions. And we have to, we have to learn how to, that when we are addressing people dealing with grief, we have to find the vein that they're in. That they're in. Absolutely. Now you just said something, right? Cause I read something on social media last night and I'm gonna read it to you and tell me what you think about this. It says, if the person you love is depressed over a loss and it's been a while, do you stay into depression with them or do you leave? I was like, wait a minute, what? How about, no, you stay whole and healthy that part. and you love that person. That part. And you try to get that person some help. Don't try well, to force nobody out of grief. Well, I think I think a, a lot of times it's not, especially when it when it's triggered by something. It's not that they. I don't want to say that they need help or don't need help. What they need is space. Definitely need space. You have to. We have to learn how. And if you say you're my friend, you know where I am. You know, where I am. You know and yes, I, I do I like the fact that people get, do I dislike the fact that when a certain time of year you just get depressed over, I don't know that, I, I don't have that experience. Other than my, uh, on my birthday, I celebrate my birthday with my, my aunt's heavenly birthday. So it's different, but I've learned to adjust um, and, and stop that this, I think this is a better way to say it. I stopped minimizing my feelings towards a person that's grieving because it's not about me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of times when we're dealing with people who annually go through a grief season, we 
put ourselves in in the picture and say, what about me? What about me? Wait, wait, it ain't about you in this season. Not about you. You have to allow that person to have that season that they're in and be there for them and find ways to help them grieve. And and that's instead of being frustrating that they're grieving, we have to learn how to celebrate with them while they're grieving. Because a lot of times grief is not a bad thing. It's a celebration. Because grief, what grief really is, is recognizing I lost something. I, I lost something that I truly loved. And that I never lost the memory of the person. Hmm. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. Because, because I say I say divorce is a grief situation because you you a, a, a relationship died. And I, I used to annually go through this grief, but now I celebrate it. Matter of fact, matter of fact, my ex-wife and I. We text each other um, on the first of this month, and we said, "Happy almost could have been twenty-seven years." Oh my! We text each other that, and we really yes, that's my two oldest sons is is by her, and we we text in our family group, "Happy could have been." 27 years anniversary. That's our, that's our way of grieving of what died. And my sons watch this. And here, 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 here's the, the, the caveat of this thing. How you, how we as individual handle grief can actually be a ministry to others. To others. That's so true. It's how you handle the grief. But nobody can force you out of it. No. Nope. What we can do is redefine how I'm grieving. Yes, I miss uh, Aunt Catherine. Yes, I miss my Aunt Catherine. Aunt Catherine, and here, here's it. Let me give you another part of the story. When I was little, Aunt Catherine would put a quarter. This was back in the day, in the 70s. And Catherine would put a quarter in our hand and say, okay, y'all go and give. And then she would say, Jay, come here. And I would come back in the house and Aunt Catherine would put a dollar in my hand. She gave my brothers and sisters a quarter. She would put a dollar in my hand and she would ball it up. And she would say these words to me, Crystal. She would say, don't tell nobody where you got it from. Crystal, when I got that money in that bag and then guess what I heard? Jason, don't tell nobody where you got it from. Those exact Mm. same words. Mm. It was almost it was almost six or seven years after the fact, probably longer than that. And me and my brothers and sisters were sitting around talking and I shared that story with them. And they was like, man, get out of here. And Catherine told me not to tell you where I got it from. <laughs> you just carried that message from you when you was young over into adulthood, huh? I ain't tell nobody until I'm 
I done moved out of that apartment, got rid of them, expanded life before I told them what happened. <laughs> hey, do your show. Do your show. I'm going to be right back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do we have any questions out there while people are on here? I see Tasha in here. I see LaShonda. I see Trina. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing tonight? Let's see. Somebody just sent me a text message. One second. How do you begin to grieve? How do you begin to grieve? Um, I can only speak for me. For me, it had become, the grief had become so much of a buildup that I didn't have a choice but to seek healing. And before you can heal, you have to grieve. You have to do what you need to do. You have to understand what state you're in. You have to understand the process of grief. And then you can move forward. If that means shutting down, taking space away from people, taking some vacation days off, getting a, a counselor or a therapist, you have to do what you need to do. You have to do what you need to do to grieve. Uh, let's see, Tasha said something. Let's see. He's hitting the nail on the head. Absolutely, he is. He is. It's jealousy. He definitely is hitting the nail on the head, y'all. This is one of the reasons why I wanted Jason to come on this show tonight because he is great. Um, he has so much information and he is filled with wisdom. Absolutely. Hey, Trina girl, how you doing? Let's see if I can get some more questions. You know what? We're going to do a commercial break. Okay. Y'all, if y'all need some blinged out um, products, shoes, jackets with patchwork on there, hit up Tasha. She's able to take care of you. She got everything you need. Listen, that, that be quiet and listen to this. <laughs> Absolutely, Trina. Absolutely. Also, um, real estate. If you need, looking for a house in the market for a new home, Yana Banks. Yana Banks is the go to person, the home girl of real estate. If you need transportation services, there are two people Cervante Nix and Cornelius Peters. They are both on social media. So if you need foreign whip, y'all be good. It's all good. Anything, it's all great. Anything you need, you can tap onto Facebook, hit up Cornelius Peters and Cervante Nix for transportation. Hit up Tasha for jackets with patches on them or bling. And oh, oh, my favorite. If you need wine, y'all, if you need wine, reach out to LaShonda Edwards with Legacy Libations. She's a Black-owned winemaker. And when I tell you her wine is the bomb, y'all, that's who y'all need to tap into. LaShonda Crystal, Edwards, give me her information so I can get her down here to the lounge. Okay, I sure will. I definitely will. All right, Jason. Jason is back, y'all. I don't know my chair. I'm scooted all the way down, so I got to lift me back and lift me up. <laughs> that's all this wagon. Really? That's what we do. 
<laughs> it's dragging their feet going down. All right, all right. So let's continue on. Let's continue on. Now, let me ask you this question, Jason. Do you think, because we talked about you as a pastor dealing with grief. Do you think as a man, you were expected to deal with grief differently? Oh, yes. Yes. The answer to that is yes. Here's why. In, 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 any, in all relation, in, in my opinion, as a man and what I've been through as a man in relationships, whether it's the relationship as a father, a husband, a friend, uh, whatever. But from a male point of view, because we were told, number one, men, men are not supposed to cry. Hmm. We were told, we, that's what we taught. So when things happen, we had to deal with that stuff on the inside, which um, if you did not, if, if a man did not have the right group of people, male friends around him or a lady around him that allowed him to be vulnerable, um, it, it literally can kill him, not maybe physically, but emotionally. And as far as being attached, it would kill that part of him. Um, being in the military, we had to get used to losing people. But you had to learn to say goodbye and keep it moving. You had to get used to seeing, in some cases, in some cases, your friend getting shot and killed beside you. But from a military point of view, you got to keep it moving. And in, in, in the family dynamics, as the as the especially when you are the senior male of the family, you got to be the one that's in control of everything. So men grieve differently. We don't mm. we don't get the chance to cry in the moments. Here it is, here it is. Men don't get to cry in the moments that we want to cry. We have to be we, we can only cry in the moments that's convenient for other people, which is normally out of their eyesight. Hmm. Men deal with it. Men deal with grief out of the eyesight. Most men, most men deal with grief out of the vantage point of others. So when we get alone, we can be in the shower and we will break down. We will break down or we would be in our car. I'm giving y'all all of the, 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 the clip notes to this thing. The bathroom and our car are the two places that men grieve. Not unless he has a, a garage that women aren't allowed to enter. 
Are you serious? Nonetheless, um, if he likes to take fishing trips, hunting trips, mm. that's where they grieve. They don't do it in front of the women in their life or the family members of, because they're supposed to be strong. They, they're always supposed to be strong. It's only in the car when he grabs the steering ring, the steering wheel, the windows are up, the music is up, and he screams to the top of his lungs at a red light. And he let it all out. And it's only for that brief moment in time that he's able to grieve. Because now, once he let that out, he has to get himself back together. Because when he gets home, he has to be strong. So, yes, men grieve differently than women. Let's piggyback off of that, right? Um, do you think that men, are, we're raising boys. Do you think, because they learn that you have to be strong from boys, do you think that the mothers are teaching them wrong? No, 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 no. Do you no, think no, they should no. be in touch with their feelings? No. So here's, here's, here's the thing. Mothers aren't teaching them wrong. Fathers are only teaching what they know. That's good. Let, let, me, re, let me rephrase that. Mothers aren't teaching them wrong. Men are only teaching the other boys coming up what they know. So what, what should happen, and I thank God that I, 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 God allowed me to adjust this with my sons. I told my sons, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable. Now, you can't be vulnerable all the time. No woman wants a man coming in the house crying about everything. Oh, I can't pay this bill. Oh, I can't do No, Negro, you need to man up and try to figure this thing out. There's a difference between throwing a pity party and grieving. You have to, a man has to know, now a woman can have all of those. It's okay for a, mo a woman to have, oh, this bill and this, this and that and be all, but a man, choose when you use your car. Because some stuff, you ain't got no business crying about. You just need to be a man up and, and but Come there on. are there are specific there are specific areas in our lives that we need space to grieve. And here's the thing. If you all, ladies, that those that's on the stream that listen, if you ever want to know what destroys a, 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 a man, it's when those moments that he needs that space to grieve and he's not allowed. That is the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Because he can deal with all of the other stuff that's on him. Because that's normal. But when the abnormal things, losing his mama that he was real close to, losing his daddy that he was real close to, losing his child or whatever, and, and he's not able to grieve, that is the one straw that breaks his back. That's good. That's good. That's good. And, and, and since we're here, since we're here, Michael Jordan lost his father, right? Do you think that impacted his career in any type of way? 
the answer to that is a, a yes. I believe, I don't know Michael Jordan <laughs> specifically, but from my vantage point, Michael Jordan began to make decisions about different areas in his life differently because his father passed. In my opinion, it was because he didn't have anybody he trusted to bounce ideas off of. Hmm. So when he lost that person that he was able to come to and that person wasn't going to judge him, everybody else is going to judge him. But he could he he could have went to his father and his father would have gave him the truth. But when he lost him, you notice that Jordan started doing this, 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 started doing this. Yeah. Yes. So it was, I believe that it was directly connected to his father passing. Mm -hmm. And that's how he grieved. Yes. But I think that it made him. Later on, it made him a better man because finally he, he said, dad is not gone. I just need to talk to him hmm. instead of making hmm. decisions for a circuit hmm. conversation. That was, that was good. That was good. And then you just brought me back to my next, you just brought me to my next question, which was going to be, how does grief impact how you see yourself now? Grief? What it what grief has done for me is one thing. I want everybody to listen. Enjoy life. Mm. Enjoy life because think about this. Sooner or later, there's some, there's going to be somebody in your shoes grieving over you. We don't think about that part. So enjoy life with the people that you that's around you Absolutely. and allow those memories to manifest in their lives so that they can enjoy you so that when we pass on, they know I'm still here. Whether it's memories or whether it's a small voice in my ear, I'm still here. So that's how grief has taught me. That's what grief has taught me. And, and do you think that's a gift that grief has given you, has taught you to enjoy life? Oh, Would you definitely. say that's one of the gifts that you unwrapped? That Definitely. I am at peace with life because I learned that sooner or later, and I think this is where everybody misses it, most people miss it, I'm going to be next. Hmm. So one, I get to say, since I'm going to be next, let me enjoy life. Since I'm yeah. going to be in life, let me impact all of the people that's connected to me. Let me do what I can for those people that are connected to me. And once I do that, my spirit will never die because I pass it on to other people. Pass it on. You left a legacy. You left your legacy. Absolutely. That that's good, Jason. That is so good. Let's let's do this. Let, let's do this again. I got to get out here to these people out here because they, they, they sit okay. out here looking at me sideways and I got to give away these <laughs> gifts. Okay.
Okay. Well, I appreciate you for coming on. We're going to do a part two of this. Let's, look, let's, let's, I, we, would, I would love to make to that discuss. happen. We got more to discuss. And I just want to thank you for coming on. As I said before, my co-host Tasha was taking a break tonight. She will be back next week. I appreciate you, Jason. I appreciate our viewers for coming in. Thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in to Unwrapping the Gift of Grief. Jason, is there anything that you want to say before we get up out of here? I want, I want your listeners to understand this or hear this from me. Live in your moment so that your moment will build momentum. That's if you take the moment in front of you and get whatever you can out of the moment that's in front of you, it will lead you to the next moment and lead you to the next moment and lead you to the next moment. And now you are building momentum. So that's the only thing I want to share with your people tonight. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you so much. Crystal, we'll get together real soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can get on up out of here and I'm going to close this show on out. Thank y'all so much. You. I love you back. All right. Okay, y'all. So Jason was on here. We had a good time. He had to jet on out to take care of his business down there in Georgia. But before I close this show out, I always want to leave you with a little bit of something to take to carry with you until next week. As Jason said, live your life. I definitely love that. And I love that. Be in the moment. I love that as well. As I always say at the end of the week, I'm sorry, as I always say at the end of the show, <laughs> If there was no grief, there'll be no love. If there was no love, there'll be no grief. Be kind to yourself. Take care of yourself. Have some self-care. And love on those who love you. And those that don't love you, continue to love them too. Have a great night. And thank you for tuning in to Unwrapping the Gift of Grief.